you, Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of my community where we are on this healing journey. The Love Code is all about learning how to continue to connect to the place of great power within us, how to open our hearts, how to understand our connection to the spiritual dimension of our being, and to open to more healing. I do believe that the greatest healing does come when we are connected to the power within us. And that power, that healing ability can overcome anything. So what we want to do in our life and support us in the world we're in is to continue to nourish and open our hearts and be open, ready, and expecting the miracles of infinite possibilities to occur. So that's that's what excites me, and I see this happening all the time in my life, and I'm so glad that you are here being inspired and sharing miracles in your life. And if you would like to get my shows and have them in an archive form, then I suggest you go to my Facebook page, which actually is called What Women Must Know, What Women Must Know, and that's the name of the other all podcasts that I have here on Progressive Radio Network every Thursday at 4 p.m. I've been doing that podcast ever since this network first began, so that's a while now. And if you go to What Women Must Know and like me over there, then the shows that I do on Progressive Radio Network, both The Love Code and What Women Must Know are posted there. And the other possibility, and I invite you to join my community from my website, if you opt in at drcherylselman.com, you will also be able to get my archive shows and lots of other great information that I'm always sharing with my community. So um, having said all of this, I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today because we're going to be healing with a loving heart And we're going to be talking with an amazing guest who uh, has such a story of inspiration recovering from her own brain injury and now is a a passionate practitioner of energy medicine. And let me just tell you a little bit about my guest, Susanna Storica. Susanna was born in Romania, worked in Canada, and now resides in the United States. She has a PhD in computer design engineering and over 30 years of experience defining and using advanced technologies. During this time, she experienced two traumatic brain injuries on the same day, resulting in brain trauma and bone misalignment. The path to recovery was arduous and frustrating. She's also a born healer and enjoyed a dual career in addition to engineering, working with doctors to heal people worldwide. Since her own trauma, Susanna now focuses her healing practice on helping people with neural impairments. Author of nine books, including five increasingly complex cookbooks on using healthy cooking to recover from brain trauma, she works with people worldwide, helping them to heal by correcting their energy fields. And she is the author of her latest book, Healing with a Loving Heart, Discover the Power of energy healing. And it's my great pleasure to welcome Susanna Stoica, Dr. Susanna Stoica, to the show today. So, hello, Susanna, and welcome to the Love Code. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, you're so welcome. And my goodness, you have such a journey to share with us. And uh, 
you know, it's always an inspiration to have conversations with people who've gone through their own uh, challenges and crises in their life and then have emerged out of it and emerged with a greater power, a greater purpose, and uh, being able to take the wisdom and you know, share it with the world, which obviously has been part of your story. So I want us to begin, Suzanne, if you can share with us the journey that you were on. Tell us about what happened to you and the the healing path that you took to recover and restore your health. Um, I had two traumatic brain injuries on the same day, uh, sleep and fall on ice. People who don't live in a colder climate, a slip and fall on ice means that uh, I fell from a standing position uh, to backwards. I hit my head. I didn't have any uh, head on my head. And then, because I, I uh, suffered the injury at uh, the doctor's office where I was working after engineering hours, I went out, out with great difficulty. I bought some salt, and I tried to put it down very carefully so people who would come after me won't uh, fall with themselves. And I fell the second time. Uh, I was told later on that the second fall was the worst one because already my muscles were tense, pulling my uh, cranium backwards. So when I fell second time on my head, uh, the heat was so bad that my skull got stuck on my atlas uh, bone, which uh, allowed you to turn your head. So after that, for several years, I couldn't uh, turn my head. It took a lot of work, osteopathic work, to finally be able to uh, see around myself without having to uh, turn full body. But that was uh, one of the least problems. <laughs> um, my uh, injuries were extensive and I literally uh, couldn't function. I would uh, fall asleep all the time. Um, one of the worst things was that as an engineer in adv- developing advanced technologies, I had to learn new stuff and I was completely unable to do that. Um, so eventually I had to leave engineering. And uh, I wasn't able to do healing uh, because uh, when you direct energy, you direct, uh, I found out by, through my accident, that you direct it through your pituitary, and uh, I had a pituitary injury. So it took me years using my knowledge um, of brain trauma and uh, helping others with brain trauma as a healer to finally put myself together. Well, so um, I'm just curious. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've had experience with people who've had traumatic brain injuries, be it from a stroke or from a fall. Um, and of course, there's so much uh, information coming out now on the uh, impact of traumatic brain injuries from concussions. It's it's more common than people think because even uh, whiplash, if you are in an accident and have whiplash, it can contribute to a brain injury because you're you Absolutely. know you're, you're 
right? You know, you're pushed forward and your skull <laughs> stops the forward motion of your brain, which then can damage as well. So, so I'm curious, um, Susanna, what were the most powerful uh, strategies that you found and used to heal your brain? Uh, once a person has a brain injury, uh, it's very difficult to think, to to put thoughts so, so in a sequence. Uh, due to my experience, previous experience, I knew that one of the most important things was to re, to release as much of the trauma as possible immediately, to limit the swelling of the brain, which causes a secondary brain injury, which is that is a major uh, damage to the brain usually. So within um, an hour or so, I had somebody do some Feldenkrais, uh, which is a manipulation uh, mm-hmm. on me. And then I had somebody uh, who was who is a good chiropractor who uh, worked on all my spine uh, because, of course, I was it was impacted, and uh, I was on ice. Uh, this happened on a Saturday morning, and I, all weekend I was with my back on ice. Uh, the impact was so bad that I didn't feel any pain till Tuesday evening, uh, and then it hit me full force. Mm-hmm. So the the things that I did were basically release of trauma and uh, shutting down as much as possible all the outside input. So I ate very light. I uh, was in a dark room, uh, no noise, no light. Um, So to, to allow the body to focus completely on dealing with the trauma. So, um, I, I, you know, I just want to say that, you know, that's exactly what I would do. And, and you know, I, I used to be um, an avid rollerblader. And, um, you know, falls are always part of the learning process. Even if you are, are more proficient at it, you're still always going to fall. And so I would have these falls. And uh, whenever I had a fall, I knew that it, it, it totally put my spine and my whole you know, system out of balance. So I would schedule an appointment as soon as I could to get in to see my chiropractor or some people find good osteopaths or, like you said, Feldenkrais. So I think that's a really good point to make in the beginning of this conversation is, like, whenever you have any injury, any car accident, Anything that's a shock, a system. Even um, last year, I I actually fell, and it was the first time I had any broken bones ever in my life. And I had fractured um, three. I had three fractures in my forearm, and the first thing I did after that was go to my chiropractor because everything got jammed up, right? So if you don't unjam it, the energies can't flow, and we don't have the right nerve signals to help the organs and systems to heal. So that that's a really there good strategy is, to start off. Yeah, uh, there is also another energetic reason why you have to do it. Um, our body is built for self-healing. 
we are uh, we have actually an internal program for self healing and uh, once we are healthy we have also a whole system of keeping us healthy keeping the homeostasis now if you have an accident and get jammed up and you don't care uh, take care immediately of it the body assumes that the uh, modified version of your body is what he, it has to maintain. And the more you wait, the longer you wait to mm. uh, try to put it back to the original healthy makeup, the more difficult it will be to to work with it. Because the, the body will, will try to, to keep the new homeostasis, which is incorrect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's such you know great reminders for everyone if they ever have any sort of trauma of a fall or a car accident or anything that can um, uh, be uh, a shock to the system. You know, it's like find a practitioner who can help release the trauma, which I did. So okay, so tell me what else you did. So so that was the immediate thing you did after having that those two falls that. Um, affected your brain because it's like one fall obviously was bad enough but when you had that second one gosh obviously it just was an immense trauma to the system so so what else was the journey that you went on uh they didn't even realize how bad i was especially my my family didn't realize i would uh i was so bad that um I would sit down and immediately fall asleep. And the only reason I knew that uh, I fell I fell asleep is because I was uh, my mom was visiting, and uh, she wanted to watch uh, TV with me. And I I would uh, constantly uh, have these chopped uh, shows, so I knew that I was falling asleep. And it was interesting that. Uh, she knew that I have a very strong willpower, so she wanted to help me. And so she told me, take hold of yourself. Take hold of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, but I couldn't. And uh, because I I wanted to take hold of myself, uh, I did the wrong thing. I went back to work very, uh, very soon after the accident. And uh, wow. that was a big mistake. Because uh, after a brain uh, injury, you have to re- let the brain rest. And for me, it was so difficult to cope with what I had to do at the office. Luckily, I could remember the work I did before, and I had sufficient knowledge, I had extensive knowledge, that I, would, I was able to direct the group I was leading. So I, but the effort, they were asked, I was known as the uh, mighty of the group. I, uh, I was a kind of a technical consultant inside my company, and uh, they always gave me this impossible project. So I was called the mighty from the ad, with the mighty, <laughs> let's see if mighty is the, uh, the conflict. And uh, so I wanted to produce, and I was, interestingly, I was able to 
produce a very complicated project. So my intuition was working over time. Oh, an interesting thing that happened immediately after the accident was that my medical intuition zoomed. And I asked uh, my uh, neurologist why that happened, and he told me because as an engineer I was kind of holding back, and once my frontal brain got injured, I didn't have that stop anymore. So it was very interesting that uh, uh, the doctor from the practice asked me to talk to a few clients because they uh, they thought that the doctors, uh, I moved to another practice and the doctors don't want to tell them when they said they couldn't make appointments with me. So I accepted three customers and as soon as I would start talking about their problems, I rattled off what type of treatment they needed. And uh, then I would call up the doctors and say, I have no idea what I said, uh, the, but uh, I told them to come back to you and check with you. And uh, they said that it was right on, whatever I told them. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting thing. So I use, finding out that I can use my intuition instead of my logic, I re directed myself to function through intuition. and But eventually the stress of coping was so great that I had to leave engineering. And I had to leave, uh, I couldn't do healing anymore either because of the pain, uh, piercing pain when I tried to do healing. So uh, that was... Uh, a long period after that, I came a long period of slowly, slowly discovering all my injuries. And uh, I had extent everything was injured. I had overlapped the ribs. I, my palate bones in the roof of my mouth were overlapped. My eye sockets were out of place. My nose was out of place. My toes were out of place. So... Uh, actually one of the injuries I discovered 20 years later when uh, by chance I had uh, an x-ray because I was complaining about pain in my arm and they discovered that I had a badly healed uh, uh, bone uh, on my thumb and my one of the bigger bones between uh, the thumb and and, the up, going upward. So uh, it was years discovering again another injury and another injury and another injury. And uh, if you ever worked with brain injuries, you know that there is no cure for in mainstream medicine. They teach you coping mechanisms. So I decided to find ways to heal myself And one of the things that I found very useful was cooking. And I got to it by chance because my family was complaining that they wanted my cooking because they liked more my cooking than restaurants. And uh, I had to find a way to cook again because of constant complaining. 
And I found that through cooking, through a spe- uh, I found a special way of cooking. Um, through cooking, I was able to recover uh, mental capabilities I couldn't do any other way. So it was amazing uh, when I, even when I published the book, uh, the series of five books, I had to cook through them to make sure that all the ingredients are still up to date. And uh, I went from the first book when I was able to cook one dish a day with the shopping the day before to cooking multiple dishes interleaved on the same day. So it was a huge difference. So was that helping you use the the other uh, resources in your brain rather than the logic? But cooking is so much an intuitive art. Cooking cooking, uh, uh, helps with the fact that uh, people who have a brain injury don't, are not able to do things that require steps. It's very difficult. And the cooking is, you you can't cook without uh, following steps. So uh, I, I had a whole process before that I am describing in my book. Uh, in the beginning, I would uh, do a kind of a mini meditation, make sure that no one is uh, coming to the kitchen while I was cooking, uh, no radio while I was cooking. So it was quite difficult. But it was very useful, extremely useful. So cooking became a healing vehicle for you, as well as you know, getting nourished by your food. But it was also the process of slowly being able to follow the steps and instructions to make that meal. Yes. Yes. And then I, I also used... Uh, the principle I knew before the accident that in order for people to recover from brain injury, it's very important to do as many different things as possible with your brain. So use your brain in many, many different ways. Mm-hmm. So I was doing mm-hmm. uh, puzzles, different types of puzzles, uh, because in the beginning um, I couldn't differentiate the colors after the injury and especially shades of colors it was totally impossible so i i did uh children's puzzles in the beginning just to to start myself up and then more and more complicated then i did uh, uh, a lot of sudoku i did uh, mathematical puzzles which were difficult for me. Before the accident, it was very easy. It was something which I had fun. Uh, But after that, it was really difficult. So uh, I couldn't understand anything through what I was reading. I I didn't see well either after the accident. I injured my uh, optic nerve. And uh, so... Uh, I also have uh, had, uh, because my my uh, eye sockets were displaced, I had uh, vertical heterophobia, it's called, 
which people usually don't recover from, but I was able to recover and I give him my book, Heal Your Brain, Reclaim Your Life, uh, the exercises that I did uh, to recover my eyesight. So it was, it was a lot of work. The important part was not to give up because uh, the official I, uh, position is that uh, if you don't recover in about a year and a year and a half after a brain injury, that's it. It's not true. I am still improving my brain. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just have to emphasize that point, um, never give up. You know, and I, a good friend had quite a severe stroke, and in that, in, in his recovery, I was also uh, researching and uh, having uh, conversations in my podcast with experts. And one of the things that one of the um, experts shared, and I remember this, he said um, there was, um, uh, I think, a patient of his who had a brain injury 25 years ago and you know especially from a stroke right so they they had um you know limited use of their their hands and all that happens with a stroke if you don't work with it and they started working with um after 25 years started working with strategies and practices and exercises and were able to experience great improvement so it was so profound for me to hear this because uh, you know if you continue to do the exercises and uh, be patient and persistent and have the discipline there's the brain can rewire in so many ways and I, I know we'll get into some of the things that you've been working with but through nutrition through exercises through visualizations um, the body as you said is a self-healing design and we can, yes. we can improve. We can, but it takes work. You can't give up. <laughs> I guess that's the message. You cannot give up. You have to understand the power that you have. And you have to be patient as well. And you have to understand that some days you will be able to function better, and some mm-hmm. days you won't be able to function mm-hmm. as better as well as the day before. And you, it's normal. And you mm-hmm. have to give yourself credit for for what you achieve, and not look back of what were you were able to do uh, before. You know, because that that brings you down. So I, I want I want us to talk about um, some of the strategies for healing brain injury, but I just have to have to ask you this question. So, you know, you have. You experienced in one day two events that changed your life forever. And you had to, you know, you obviously have a successful career with your Ph.D. in computer design engineering. You, you know, were, you know, I'm sure at the height of your professional um, career as well. And all of a sudden this event occurred and everything changed in your life. So... Do you believe that that event that happened, as traumatic as it was, was um, part of your journey in this lifetime to really wake up to a greater purpose and a greater, uh, um, uh, you know, plan in in who you are and how you've come to serve others? I don't know. 
uh, and I will tell you why. Because the fact that I was an engineer and I I was also a healer was a great benefit to me. Uh, it was professionally very useful because the state in which one is when doing healing is exactly the same mental state as when somebody does an invention. So the fact that I was working very hard as an engineer and then going and working in the medical practice made me a much better engineer, interestingly. At the same Mm -hmm. time, being a healer um, made me uh, more insightful, uh, I think a better, more understanding uh, human being who uh, I ended up mentoring a lot of young people. So the two fed on each other. And also right. the fact that I was a healer who was an engineer gave me a, more credibility. So men would e- e- much easier come and work with me than if I wouldn't have been an engineer. Yes, As but your life changed after that, right? The direction so of your my life, life changed. changed after that. So I think what happened is that... Um, I was trying to find a better balance between the two. And uh, because of the rules of the game, I couldn't. And Mm -hmm. uh, probably God decided uh, that uh, healing (laughs) is more important. There are enough engineers in the world. So he gave me a (laughs) two-by-four. Yes, because he probably was stubborn and didn't want to (laughs) listen. So yes. uh, big wake up call. So so Susanna, um so you you um were able to recover from this extremely traumatic brain injury and I, I, I want you to share with my my audience, my community what are the most important steps and strategies for anyone who is dealing with brain injury to be able to heal the brain? Uh, the most important thing is what I said at the beginning. Uh, release as much trauma as possible immediately uh, and uh, shut down all the outside input so the brain can uh, focus on healing. The next step is uh, uh, the correct diagnosis. Now, uh, it is a problem. Because the current medical test, which is MRI and cognitive tests, uh, are not very insightful. So, for example, you can have a cognitive test um, two days after you have uh, the injury and then you are, uh, the damage is not completely expressed, so you, you are diagnosed as being okay. But actually you are not okay. Or uh, the MRI would see only if you have a profound uh, bleeding or uh, you, they would, uh, the doctors would be triggered if you lose consciousness. Uh, for example, I had a case of a young fellow who the father uh, was a doctor 
and uh, he called me up telling me my son is behaving very strangely. Uh, I don't know what's happening with him. So I went and I looked at the young fellow, and as soon as I touched his field, I realized that he probably has um, slow bleeding brain injury. So I checked with him. I uh, He was constantly falling asleep, which is a, a sign of brain injury. And I asked him, uh, I knew exactly where uh, I could feel where it was the hit. And uh, I put my hand there so he can remember what happened. And I verified with him that, yes, he had a, a hit to his head. And I told his father immediately to take him to the hospital. Actually, I took them to the hospital. And uh, it was funny. The doctor was asking me what kind of test to request for his son. And I said, ask them to, for a test that can show slow bleeding. So uh, they did a, an MRI, and they said, yeah, it was a bleeding in his brain, but he's fine and wanted to release uh, the young fellow. And the father called me up and he said, look, this is what's happening. What do I do next? And I said, don't take him home, please. Keep him there under observation. It is still a slow bleeding. And next day, um, they left the young fellow at the, in the hospital. And uh, next day when... Uh, the father and mother came to visit uh, the young uh, the young man. He is not in his bed, so you can imagine the shock on his parents. And they immediately went and asked what's happening. Where is their son? And they told him uh, he's in surgery. And when the, the young fellow came out of the surgery, the, the surgeon told them that if they would have taken him home, he would have been dead because it, uh, mm. he lost consciousness overnight uh, and his uh, uh, vitals started going down uh, because of the bleeding uh, reached a critical point. So what happened when they looked with the MRI, the bleeding was so slow, the changes happened so slowly that they couldn't detect it. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's really dangerous. The other uh, end of the spectrum, which I have also seen, is, uh, was with a woman who came to me sent by uh, her doctor because um, she started having suddenly epileptic seizures. They didn't know why, but it was a very strange pattern. Her epileptic seizures happened only when she had her period. So the medical solution was to give her uh, medication and stop her period. But she was young and she wanted kids, so um, her doctor sent her to me because they didn't know what to do with her. And when I checked immediately, as soon as I checked her head, I said, you had a whiplash, didn't you, before you started, about a year and a half ago, just before you started the epileptic seizures? And she said, yeah, how do you know? 
And I said, you have a brain bruising at the back of the head. And mm-hmm. that's why you have, when uh, you have your period, you retain water. The bruising touches the inside of your skull and you get the seizures. So I had a handful of uh, sessions with her. She was able to get off the, her medications and she was able to have three wonderful kids. But again, oh, the bruising wasn't visible on any kind of test. So, Susanna, um, um, talk to us about your healing gifts. What what is it that opened up? I mean, obviously you had healing. You you, you were born with healing gifts, and since that trauma that was a major uh, turning point, if not awakening time for you, you're you know you've continued on this healing path, and I'm sure even more powerfully than before. So, let's. Let's talk about your gifts and um, working with energy healing and um, and h- how you support people. And I, I would imagine you work with people all over the world and you probably do it through you know, virtual consultations as well. Um, I work with people using their picture. And the way I work uh, with them is that uh, they send me this, the head-to-toe pictures, uh, front and back, um, and we agree at a certain time that they will be relaxed by themselves. They can read, they can uh, watch TV, listen to music, or sleep. Sleep is the best. But I ask them not to eat because the movement of the energy while I am working with them can cause nausea. And not to go outside because some people who have a lot of stress in their uh, energy field, when I release the stress, they instantly fall asleep. So uh, I usually work with them and then I write down whatever I find during the session. And uh, that's it. I uh, give them a, a text when I start working, a text when I finish working, and uh, <clears throat> another one when I uh, send them the email with the information about the session. Do you do you um, when you when you go into this um, place of tuning into people? Do you how do you see it? Do you see it as um, uh, energy? you know, energy imbalances, colors. How how do you perceive the source of the trauma? Uh, It depends. Uh, Different things appear different ways. For example, broken bones is like somebody took a knife to the energy field that cut it. Um, If if it's uh, bleeding, it's... Continuously changing, um, like a fluid. I feel the fluid uh, coming uh, out of that place. If it's a broken neural path, I can see um, the uh, neural pathway as it is ripped. And uh, sometimes I I see things as an X-ray, so black and white. Sometimes it's it's colored. Sometimes uh, I go inside uh, the person's field 
and I become like a tiny, tiny something that goes inside, and I can see the, for example, rip neural pathway, and I can tie them back together. Uh, it depends what is needed. I, I never plan what to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I just go inside, and wherever I need to go and whatever I need to do, I know intuitively. So, so um, I think, you know, uh, I'm curious as to how, and and how, you know, how does does this healing process work? So, when you go in and scan the body, and however it presents itself as where blockages or imbalances, then what is it that you do that is able to um, transmit that energy to this person's field for healing? Um, every person has a certain um, overall characteristic of the field, so um, which is very personal. It's like a fingerprint. Um, it's a certain frequency and amplitude of the field with which the field vibrates. Um, when a person uh, has problems in certain areas of the field, that particular area is either uh, hot or thicker or um, the weave of the the field that has very much a weave, at least for me, I perceive it that way. Uh, it's like a um, sock which is ripped. It needs darning, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, it depends what it is. For example, sometime I, I, I need to... to regenerate the normal weave of the field. Sometimes uh, if it's generally a person is very, very sick, then the vibration is lowered. It becomes lower. Uh, the amplitude is lower. So I need to to kind of hook into the field and pull it up at a higher vibration very slowly because the people who are very sick are very toxic. And if you do it too fast, they can get into shock. So working with a very sick and very old, it's, it's very, you have to do it very carefully. Um, and different people um, uh, require different ways of healing, and it requires more or less time. Usually uh, kids reply, uh, respond the fastest to energy healing and people with chronic conditions or people who are older and the whole system is slowed down respond much slower. In your experience, have you found that working with um, the energy field um, in, in the way that you do it, there are a lot of frequency technologies. I have some uh, technologies that work with frequencies as well, be able to go into a person's field and harmonize the frequencies that need to be harmonized, so to speak. Um, do you find that is a primary um, intervention and then supported by things on the physical level? As uh, you know, Joe Dispenza, who is someone I've been learning from, talks about working. The hardest, the hardest way to heal is from matter, matter to matter, right? And trying to change yeah. matter as opposed to trying to change 
the emotional energy and the and this and the mental energies and then the the energy field. What are your uh, thoughts on that? It takes longer if it's uh, the more solid uh, the things that you are working with, the longer it takes to to fix itself. But the process is exactly the same because what you what a healer repairs it's an energy field and one of the big aha moments for me as an engineer was that i found that this energy field is what governs our health it's not our physical it's very much like uh, the physical would be the hardware of the computer and the energy field is the software. And when the software works okay, then the computer works okay. But if the software has a bug, trauma, you have to be, fix the software in order for the body to heal itself. So basically the, uh, the energy field that is... Uh, Reestablished in its healthy makeup by the healer is what enables the innate uh, healing program of our physical being, the program with which we are born to work again. So people are self-healing. The healer is, doesn't heal. The healer just uh, uh, modifies the field to be in a healthy state, and that allows uh, the the physical to heal. That's a great explanation, Susanna. I have to say that just makes so much sense to me that we're we're understanding that, that metaphor of the difference between the software and the hardware. So the software is where you get you know, that's where you get outcomes. That's how you can change whatever you're working on, right? That's how you uh, can function. That's what the computer relies on is the updated software so you can run the programs <laughs> yeah, the that are necessary, right? Yeah. So we need, to, we, the, we need to understand the energy field as a way to facilitate running the programs for the body's ability to function on all levels, and it's it's harder. I mean, uh, you know, a hard, trying to get the hardware to run programs is impossible, right? Uh, you have to have to have the right program in order for the hardware to function properly. Right. Exactly. So that's uh, a powerful a powerful image for people to understand, which is why. Real healing comes when we are changing the frequencies, our frequencies. So can we talk about that? How, uh, from your experience, and you know, you've written a book about this, um, looking at so many of the conditions, but all of them are, all to heal any condition, we have to change the frequencies that are running the programs, <laughs> right? So tell us what are some of the, um, some of the most effective ways to change and optimize the frequencies. That's a very good question because we we can do a lot 
to keep healthy or to have our system in a state that even if we get sick, we can get healthy again very easily. And uh, basically, it's uh, the most important thing is your mental attitude. It's 80% of our state of health, from my experience, or even more. Certain illnesses are completely emotional, like uh, fibromyalgia. Um, I know I had fibromyalgia because of uh, my uh, extensive injuries, post-brain injury. Um, I was in so much pain that for years I couldn't sleep. I would just sleep when I was completely exhausted and I would just fall asleep, like uh, cut off from from being awake, basically. And because of that, eventually my uh, adrenals got depleted and uh, I was in horrible, horrible pain. And the only thing that I did for myself is to do emotional healing. And it took me a year and a half. I did myself. I'm uh, a certified hypnotherapist, so I knew how to do it on myself. And I also asked others when I would get stuck. It took me a year and a half, but I got rid of uh, fibromyalgia only with emotional healing. So uh, our emotional state is very important. Now, what does it mean? It means that uh, holding grudges, being angry, uh, being envious at other people, being fearful of tomorrow or fearful of anything is actually influencing our our body. And uh, we have to deal with all these emotions, figure out where they are coming from, and let them go. The next thing is to have your body uh, properly hydrated. And I can't stress it enough because I have seen people who who had mental problems, memory problems, because they they weren't drinking enough. Especially older people have this problem because they have uh, incontinence issues. And they don't drink, so they don't don't have to run all the time mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. washroom. But that's the mm-hmm. worst thing you can do to yourself. And it's important also not to drink uh, two quarts of water at the same time. Uh, drinking about a uh, quarter cup to half a cup at a time is very important because then it's absorbed by the system. Otherwise, if you drink a lot at a time, most of it goes out. Mm -hmm. The third thing is very important to do deep breathing exercises. And uh, the reason for deep breathing is that you need to oxygenate your body. Viruses and bacteria don't like oxygen. Also, when you are doing deep breathing exercises, uh, there is a special yoga for breathing. If you can, if you have an opportunity to learn it, it's excellent. So if you do deep breathing, 
um, your blood gets oxygenated, your muscles function better, and your mind is clearer. So it's extremely important, both for health and for mental clarity. The other thing is keeping in touch with friends and family, especially now when we are uh, semi, still semi-lockdown. It's extremely important to, to keep in touch. Um, the connection with other people offers you an exchange, uh, takes your mind off your troubles, and typically you will find out that your troubles are not as big if you talk to other people than if you constantly turn it around in your own mind. And the other thing, if possible, make sure that you do something nice for somebody else every day. Why? Because if you if you just say try it out, go to when you go to a store, thank the person who is uh, at the cash register for being there, for allowing you to to get your the stuff that you need. Um, a person when you recognize uh, and you are kind to them, they will respond in kind. So you are doing something nice, and something nice will come back to you. So it's a a sharing of kindness, which is very important for us as as humans. And once the the COVID is gone, doing volunteering is fantastic. It's not only good for people who, who you volunteer for, but it's extremely good for you as a person who does the volunteering because you will realize how lucky you are in life to have everything that you have, including your health. So those are all things that that really help to have a stronger, healthier energy field and physical body. And, of course, for physical body, movement is very important. And it doesn't have to be hours and hours in the gym. Just fast walking outside is extremely useful. You know, those are such simple strategies, but so profound and go back, to be honest, thousands of years, the role of breathing, you know, the the whole science of breath and uh, the importance of of hydration and being outside. These are basic universal principles of healing that we unfortunately, you know, have lost our way with, right? So it's good to be reminded we spend so much time inside doing the opposite (laughs) of everything that is supporting our health, expanding our our energy fields, Doing, keeping us connected to our heart and being able to, you know, in, in the language that we're talking about today, really balance and enhance our energetic field and our frequencies, which changes how you see the world, and that's where the healing happens. So, go ahead. And none of this costs you a lot of money. Actually, no. Exactly. It doesn't cost you anything. Exactly. Nothing, right? Um, yeah. 
I just want to say we've, we're coming to the end of the show, so I want people to know more about how to, first of all, to get hold of your book because you have so many uh, wonderful resources for, you know, how many conditions do you list in your book? You have A to Z. How, how many are there? About 40-some. I, uh, I don't even know. Oh, by the way, the book uh, right now is on sale. So it's uh, it's two ninety nine temporarily. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Okay, yes. so people need to go to um, first of all to Susanna's website, which is healingbraininjury.com. Correct. That's the best site for yes. them. Healingbraininjury.com. Can they purchase your book, Healing with a Loving Heart, um, from that site? They have a they have a link to Amazon from my site. Okay, so uh, fantastic. That sounds like uh, an offer that's fantastic. You want to pick up Susanna Stryker's book, Healing with a Loving Heart, Discover the Power of Energy Healing. Susanna, what about um, consultations? Are you working with people? I at this time I uh, they can uh, schedule themselves, but uh, my uh, I am overbooked <laughs> uh, yeah. right now. Yeah, uh, very popular. <laughs> and I can put them on the way, uh, waiting list. Uh, they can connect with me through the website. There is a page where they okay. can write to me, and also on the website under media, there are a lot of interviews that they can listen to to get addition, additional information. Beautiful. Okay, so there you go. Uh, visit uh, Susanna at healingbraininjury.com. Um, if you would like to work with her for healing, there's a, a place you can sign up. It's a waiting list. Put them sure you'll get to them eventually <laughs> and um and Susanna thanks so much for sharing your journey and the very special beautiful work you are doing in the world and uh it's just been a pleasure and so grateful that you're here and recovered and sharing your gifts with us thank you so much for having me on your show well it's just been a pleasure so Thank you, Susanna. Uh, to everyone listening, uh, thank you for joining me in this conversation with Susanna Saika, who is the author of uh, Healing with a Loving Heart, and her website is healingbraininjury.com. And remember, with a special coupon, you can get her amazing book for $2.99. I think you said, Susanna. So uh, what a deal. And... Uh, for all of you for all of you listening, thank you for joining me again and remember to fill your week with love, peace and harmony. See you next week. Bye for now. 